Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. So let's get into this today. Actually, we're going to start a brand new series this morning, and I'm excited uh, to do this. We've actually done this a lot of different summers, and it makes it kind of easy as a series to run through the summer, and it's called God on Film. Anyone remember this? God on Film. It's basically where we take different movies, usually new releases, but what I want to do, because there's not a lot of releases, is I want to do past and present. And what we do is we basically take a movie, an idea, a concept, and then we find God within that. Now, I know that might seem kind of odd, like, what? But for me, I don't know if you've done this, but, but I've done this. I do it all the time. It's a big thing for me. We'll be watching a movie, and I'm like, whoa. I'll even pause it, and I'll be like, did you see the kingdom in that? And Kristen's like, can you stop pausing the movie? Let's just watch it. But I just see things in movies, these different concepts and things, and they just jump out at me. I think about this, that... That Jesus himself, how many know he told parables? He told stories, he had symbolism. Why would Jesus do this? Because it would draw that congregation or those people or that crowd into the story. And what would he do? He would disperse certain truths about life. And I believe that if Jesus walked this earth today, that he would be a film director. I mean, what better medium could you use to take story and, and, and real things that are happening now? Because he would talk about, you know, farming, you know, sowing and reaping. He would talk about all these different ideas that they were used to. And they go, oh, yeah, and it would click and it would draw a mental picture. And then he would draw them in with that story. And he would show them a truth about themselves or God or others, right? And so I believe that Jesus would do that today. Now, some people say, come on, man, heresy. I get it. But for me... I just believe so much in what story can do, right? In my opinion, story and visuals can move people to see things, right? And so today, I want to take a movie that came out in 2018. See, 2018. It's called A Quiet Place. Has anyone seen this? Now, they did just recently release a new one, Quiet Place 2. It was awesome, by the way. You may not be into those types of movies, and that's okay. And by, there's, by let me say this, there, there, by no means are we trying to endorse movies and say, go see this movie, and this movie's okay. Maybe it's not for you. But there's this idea within A Quiet Place that I really saw, and I think it's a great truth for us that we can learn or even be reminded about today. And so the t- title today is this, A Quiet Place. Finding strength in silence. There's a strength that we can find in that quiet place, in silence, and sometimes getting the things around us to just shut up and shut out so we can find that peace. We can recenter. It's really, really important. Now, I don't want this to be a spoiler, but of course, this is an old movie. It's three years old, so if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what to say. But basically, the premise of the movie is basically that these aliens invade Earth and they destroy everything and everyone in their path. No mercy. Who was that? That was Aiden? Yeah, yeah. Not the way of Jesus, though. Right, Aiden? That's right. But they would destroy everything in their path. But the key point of this entire movie, and I thought it was kind of cool, is that these creatures can't see. But they have this, this really extremely heightened sense of hearing. And so literally, if you just were to be in a house in a counter and boom, you're toast. They could hear things like that. Sorry, Lord, didn't mean to drop that on your podium. 
but they would, any little sound, and, and so it follows this family, and there's this family who, fortunately, they had a daughter who was deaf, and so they all knew sign. And so through the movie, it's, it's kind of interesting. When I first heard about it, I'm like, so there's really no dialogue. It's mostly sign and subtitles. But man, they draw you into this story because they have to be so quiet. And so when big things do happen, it's like boom in your face. And it just works. It draws you in. But I was thinking about this idea of being silent. You know, for most of us, we don't know what that is. In fact, when you have those pauses, I remember I was, I was talking one day about finding peace. This was months ago. I remember I made a statement and then I stopped. And I didn't talk for like 10 or 15 seconds. And I could feel the awkwardness in the air. Like, dude, please say something. It's too quiet in here. Because we get so used to things always going on. I remember when I, when I would come home from work back in the day when I was a single guy, I would come in and the first thing I would do is I would grab the remote and I would turn the TV on. Not to watch anything, but just so it would be in the background while I'm making dinner, to get in the shower, do whatever. Some, for some of us, it's music. We have to have music, something in the background. You ever notice that? You ever just shut things completely off and at first it feels really odd? Because you're like, where's the white noise? How many sleep at the fan at night? Not just for the air, but the sound. I've conditioned myself without a fan. I remember I took this trip to Hawaii one year, thought it was going to be amazing, and then I ended up having to run out to Walmart like at the at midnight, luckily they're open, to buy a box fan because I couldn't sleep in the hotel room because there was no fan. Then I wasn't going to take one on the plane with me. I thought I'll just get through, but I couldn't because I was so used to having this noise, this white noise in the background. But I think we deal with this. There's things always vying for our attention. So again, a really cool movie idea, isn't it? But again, what I think is cooler about this, more than the idea of aliens who could only hear really well, is what if we approach life in finding a quiet space, a quiet place? Because for these characters in the movie, it was a matter of life or death. If you weren't quiet, you would die. What if we approach life in a way that if I don't learn how to find a quiet place in my life, I will die? Yes, extreme, I get it. I'm not saying you're going to die. But what if we approach it in a way that it mattered that much to us, that we had to find that peace, we had to find a quiet place Again, it could sound a little bit extreme, but here's the thing. We have so much going on all the time that it actually puts our stress levels through the roof. We literally see people's health deteriorating over stress and the fact that they can't find a quiet place. So let me say this, finding a quiet place, what is it? It's about quieting the mind. It's really important for us to find this space where we can quiet our mind. See, I love my quiet time with God. I don't know if any of you have heard of this. You know, for years, you know, I, we would preach, you need to do this and you need to do that. Well, it's not about need to for religious reason, but it's, it's necessary for your life, for longevity, for peace in your life, is to find that quiet place. And so for me, I love that quiet place with God. It's quiet time away from the hustle and the bustle, the day-to-day busyness, the stress and the frustrations that always seem to rear their ugly head. And you know what? It's tough to find this place sometimes, but I believe that it's so, so necessary. But I do believe that the first step in this process is to admit that we need this space of peace and quiet. We have to admit it first and go, okay, I need this. You know, in my life, there's times where I do really good about this 
this quiet time and, and setting that aside. Other times I don't. And it's like Holy Spirit needs to remind me, you're getting stressed out about that situation or the issue. You're not finding your peace. You're not having that quiet space. And sometimes you just have to get away. Maybe for you, you have a local park that's just around the corner and you can go up there, you know, at a certain time of day and maybe just walk through if there's a path or sit on the swing, whatever it takes. Maybe there's an area in the house that you could go. Maybe sometimes you just need to go outside and shut yourself in your car, whatever that takes. But we need to find this quiet place because for most of us, we don't. And, and it's showing our reactions to life and our kids and our spouse and our friends and just life in general. It really is showing and we need to find this. On a side note, when we were down in Louisiana, I had a great time with the family, but I started watching this series, new series to me, probably old to you. It has several seasons, but it's called The Goldbergs. Anyone watch this? I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but man, I just like, I just fell in love with this show. It's, it's so hilarious, but it's funny to me. First of all, um, the, the guy who created it, Adam Goldberg, is a real person. And so he, in the show, someone plays him as a child. And when he was a child, he would actually take video of everything around the house and what would be going on. And so what they did is they turned it into a sitcom. So you have these little sections of maybe where he had this altercation with his brother or mom and dad. And then, of course, they turn it into a situational comedy. So it's probably a little more extreme. I don't know. But at the end of every show, they'll show actual live clips of Adam filming stuff like, Adam, turn that stinking thing off or whatever. But there's these different stories. But what really drew me to this show is the fact that it takes place in the 80s. The 80s is my era, man. Now, as I was later, teens in the 20s, 90s was my thing. You know, I get that. But there's something about the 80s, and they do such a great job. They'll bring something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember playing that system, or that's how TV looked, or that's the commercials. It just draws me in, because that was my time. It brings back so many memories of those times for me. But mostly what I think draws me in is the fact that this family is a real family. Sometimes we can see families, especially on social media, everything's polished and it's the highlights, isn't it? But this family, I mean, they have arguments, they have disagreements, they have ups and downs, they always don't see eye to eye, there's contention, but in the end, they're a family who cares about each other. There's always this lesson at the end that they learn. And, and when I look at things like this, I'm like, wow, so it's okay, like this is real life, because sometimes my family could look like that. It could, how about you? I know, I know we polish things up, and on a Sunday morning, it's all like, wow, that family is just perfect. We're not. No family's perfect. Right? And so I want you to maybe just, maybe that'll take some weight off your shoulders today to go, oh, wow, no family's perfect. No. We all have our issues. But at the end, it's all about family. We love each other. We're working together. But how many know when you start getting different cogs in the wheel, come on, there's going to take a little more grease and oil to keep that going. Right? And I believe that grease and oil in, in family is love. It's like, no matter what, I love you. It's unconditional. I might not be happy with you and your actions right now. I mean, I like how you said that to me, mom or dad, or where we are, but I love you. And so that's what's going to get us through. And so when I see this again, it reminds me that I'm not an oddball. I'm normal. This is what happens sometimes in family. And I say that to say that I'm not sure where your schedule is right now in this season of life. But maybe just like me, you feel as if you're always on the move. You feel like you can't catch your breath between you know, work and kids and school and virtual school. Thank God that's over for most of us. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. 
your job, vacation. Pastor, why would you say vacation? Because have you ever went on a vacation with your family? And then when you come home, you think, you say, I need a vacation for my vacation. Right? Especially if you go to Disney or something like that. Or so you have a family member who has everything planned out and there's no space for rest. You get home, you're like, my gosh, I'm like exhausted from vacation. That's why we love to camp. Right? Because we come home and sure, you know, you got to unpack and all that. But it just seems like we find more peace and time to just relax. Sometimes maybe you're in a friendship or a relationship where there just seems to be a season of contention. I say this because we're all going through this. There's so many things that are going on in our lives and it's in these moments that we realize, or should I say this, we should realize that we need a quiet place. We need a space at that time, not just to shut people out, but to get yourself back in line, to refocus, to find that peace that's already in the inside, but sometimes it takes a quiet place to do that. It reminds me of this group of people that Jesus was speaking to in the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus seemed like one who really cared for people. He really loved people. That's why I follow Jesus. I love his example. I love the pattern of his life. How many know it's not always easy? He says stuff like, love your enemy and pray for those who are persecuting you. I'm like, Jesus, did you really mean that? Or, right? Those are tough things. But I do find that when we choose to follow Jesus, that path takes us a completely different way. I was talking to my youngest son this morning on the way to church, and I was talking about this life of, of trying to be fully inclusive and to accept people where they are. Even people who say things or do things against you that are wrong. And he was like, what, wait a minute, how can you, even even bad people? That's a tough one, isn't it? And I said, yeah, but, but what makes bad people bad people? When you think about that, it's their actions, it's their words. What if we were born good people, but we don't know who we are? What if we're awakening to that, right? I mean, think about this. If you looked at someone who was acting crazy, because I think he brought something up about a YouTuber who he's constantly saying things about people and putting people down. It's a constant thing. And the first thing in my mind, the first thing came to my mouth was, well, obviously then he's hurt and broken and he's not whole within himself. That's what started the conversation. I said, if you think about it, people who act that way or react that way, they have issues. And what they do is they try to hide those issues by putting other people down. That, that, I'm telling you, that, that's one of those things that it's freedom to become aware of this, but sometimes it's not easy because you start to go, ooh, so why did I react that way? Why did I say that that way? Mm, there must be something within me that's not whole. There must be a lie that I'm believing about myself or other people. You follow me? And so it's this process, and it was, it was pretty sweet. He's like, but dad, that's, but that's who you are. Are you saying that you don't love everybody? I said, no, no, son, I'm striving to be like that, and I'm glad that you see me like that, but I do have days and times where I don't respond right or where my thoughts aren't where they should be about a certain person or a certain situation. And I said, because it's a journey, and I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus. But see, it's in those moments when Jesus would talk to people, like in Matthew 11, he says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Jesus was saying, I want you to come to me. I want you to have a relationship with me. I know that, that all this stuff's going on. I mean, think about, you know, we have issues, like the internet went out today. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can function, right? But, but for this, the people of this time, I mean, they were under Roman occupation, 
They may have had, you know, a relative who was crucified on a cross just the week before. Uh, Most likely they were, you know, lacking food if not starving. They were heavily taxed. There were so many issues going on. Maybe they had a family member that was just diagnosed with leprosy and was totally separated from their family forever as far as they were concerned unless a miracle happened. These are people who were under not just the Ten Commandments, but like 613 rules and regulations from a system that God initiated in order for man to understand who he was, but then they put man-made ideas in there and it became this, this thing that would put you under religion and bondage versus relationship with God. So can you kind of feel where these people are? And Jesus says, come to me. Have relationship with me, all you who are weary and burden. One version says heavy laden. That's the original. And in the Greek, that heavy laden, that's interesting. It means to load up as in a vessel or an animal. So think in this day, they have, they have an ox, plural is oxen, right? Or they have mule or a mules or things, and they would load them down with gear. He's saying, I can see you. You're loaded down and you're weary. And look what he says, and I will do what? If you come to me, I will give you what? Rest. Come on, somebody. How many can use a little rest? But not just physically. What does he say? Rest for your soul. Right? Now, this word rest is interesting in the Greek. It means to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor. Look at this. In order, say in order, to recover and collect his strength. See, there's strength. In silence, there's strength in rest. There's strength in that silent place. So Jesus goes on in verse 29 to say, take my yoke on you and learn from me. Look at this, because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Come on, just hearing that, it's like, okay, Jesus is okay with this. He's okay with me finding rest for my soul. Oh, absolutely. Look at verse 30. For my yoke is easy to bear and my load is not hard to carry. So again, a quiet place, finding strength in silence. That's what we're endeavoring to do today to look into this. See, your soul needs rest. It really does. I believe that physically we need rest. I was telling you this other night, we were laying in bed and getting ready to go to sleep. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if you never had to sleep? You know how much I could accomplish? (laughs) And then I think I was asleep in like two minutes. Because we need sleep. But most of us will, will at least lay down in a bed. Now, it, it's interesting. There's so many sleep aids out there now because people can't even sleep. And although it could be something physical, although it could be something hormonal, I really believe that probably one of the biggest culprits is this right here. Our mind, which is part of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. It's running and running and running and running and our soul doesn't find rest and so we then physically can't find rest. And I'm not saying that you're not going through something that's tough. I'm not saying that you haven't experienced some loss in your life. Of course you have. But despite all this, that peace is still there. And worrying one more minute about that issue is not going to add any uh, years to your life. Not one minute to your life. It's not going to make the situation better. In fact, a lot of times in my own life, I found that when I'm stressed, I make bad decisions, and so it makes it worse. Come on. 
So your soul needs rest. You need the quiet times. I love what the psalmist says. It says, truly my soul finds rest in God. For the writer of this song, they found the key in life. And it's this soul rest. Where do they find it? In God. My salvation comes from him. My deliverance, my safety, my preservation, my wholeness, my restoration. It comes from this relationship with God. So think about this. What is the purpose for finding this time with God or making space for this quiet place? Because oftentimes, you know, maybe we're told that you need to find this quiet place with God and it comes off as a religious duty. Listen, I've been there. Probably great people with good intentions from pulpits who didn't mean it this way, way, but I would leave a service going, okay, my next step is I got to get this time in. I got to make sure I'm getting this time in as if maybe that would bring, you know, open God up to bring more love to me or more grace, but it's not about that. It's not a religious duty, but again, it's important to do. I want to show us that it's not about religious duty. I want to show us that it's about the human soul needing rest and peace. That's why Jesus calls us into relationship with him. This is so important to see. Not because he's narcissistic. I need you to notice me. That's not Jesus. Jesus is the last person who needs someone to notice him. But he's calling us in the relationship because he understands what we need. Think about that. God in flesh. God said, I want to live within human flesh just like you and experience everything you experienced and show you how to do it successfully. Now, sure, he died on a cross, but never once do I see, at least in what was written about him, that he let himself just go off and have a bad day and decide to treat someone wrong. Even in the midst, I think about this, even when he was completely tired and desired rest and wanted to you know, just withdraw for a while, if people were there and, and they needed him, he'd, he just set everything down and say, okay, you need me, I'm here. I can't say that I'm always like that. But again, I'm not Jesus, but I do have Jesus living on the inside of me, the power of Christ on the inside of me so that I can make these decisions and push through, amen? So it's not because he's narcissistic, but he knows us better than anyone. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so I just want to talk briefly about a couple different reasons for this important practice of finding a quiet place. Number one, say number one. When we find this quiet space in this quiet place, here's what happens. We become open to the voice of Holy Spirit. It allows us to become open to hear his voice. Do you realize that God is always speaking? But we're not always able to hear. We're not always listening. Makes me think about, in the Old Testament, there was a story of the prophet Elijah. How many know who Elijah is? So you've heard him. You probably haven't met him, but you know who he is. You've heard the story. And so Elijah has this showdown with the prophets of Baal, and Asherah. They're these two gods of the time. And so he has this big showdown and there's like, I think history tells us about 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah. And so they have the showdown and, and the end of the showdown is basically Elijah calling fire down upon the prophets and burning them all alive. Oh, that's beautiful. Good story. Amen. And then celebrating that God did this, which is interesting. Just a side note, How many are familiar with the story where Jesus is going through a Samaritan town? He's looking for someone to receive him and help them out on their journey, and the town turns him down. What do his two apostles, James and John, say? 
And he says, just like Elijah did. That's what they say. Should we call down fire upon these people? Basically, should we burn them up just like our prophet? I mean, they were good Jewish boys, right? They followed the prophet. What did Jesus say? You don't know what spirit you're of. When you look at the original language, what he's saying is like, you haven't even awakened to the spirit of kingdom versus the kingdom of this world. And then he goes on to say, I haven't come to destroy men. I've come to save men. So Jesus seemed to have a different purpose. So I just want to say this, that, that these are tough things because when we read the Old Testament, we're like, well, God's all about that. But then you see God in Jesus and Jesus is basically saying, no, I don't condone that. Misuse of power. Ouch. That's kind of wild. That's why I love to see God through the lens of Jesus. Now, some people struggle with that. They're like, hey, the story's there. I know it was, but it was a revelation of the time and where they were. But listen, I can't live in the old covenant. I'm going to stick with Jesus in the new covenant. So just a side note to see there. So did it happen? According to the old covenant, it did. He burned up like 850, 850? 850 prophets. (laughs) Right, okay. I've got a rap group on the side. Anyway, 850 prophets. But here's the crazy thing. The queen at the time, Queen Jezebel, she made this statement. She says, may the gods, her gods, Baal and Asherah, may the gods strike me dead if by this time tomorrow I don't take your life the way you took the lives of Baal's prophets. So she's got a mission. She's got a vendetta. She's after Elijah. Now think about this. That's another thing. If he would have tried to keep peace, maybe this wouldn't have happened. We don't know. But she's after him, right? And so he runs away. How many know when, when an evil, wicked queen's after you, you should probably run away? So he's running. He finds this cave. And he's looking for some direction. I need to hear God. I need to hear God. Maybe he was saying, did I hear you when I burned the prophets up? Either way, I need to hear your voice, God. And so he shows up at this cave. He's hiding out. And then the voice of the Lord comes to him. Look at this in 1 Kings 19, verse 11. And he said, go forth. This is what the Lord's telling him. Go forth and stand up on the mount before the Lord. So he does. And behold, look what happens. The Lord passed by. Say, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains, broken pieces the rocks before the Lord. Can you imagine seeing this? This is like a movie in and of itself. He's standing there. It's like, boom, boom. He's like, what is going on? But look what it goes on to say. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, what happened? An earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Look at this. And after the fire, what came next? A still, small voice. Say it with me, still, small voice, whisper, still, small voice. This to me draws me in. I'm like, okay, this is like one of those movies where, you know, you've got all this stuff going on and chaos and like the sound design these days of movies is like, oh my gosh, you know, recently we went and saw a movie that had Dolby Atmos, over a hundred speakers and stuff. It's like, all the stuff. But when it goes, and it's like this, it just draws you and you're like, what's going to happen next? Think about this. This is what he experienced. And all of a sudden, through all this stuff, it was a still, small voice. 
Look at this. And when Elijah heard it, wait, wait a minute, what? And when Elijah heard it, doesn't mean the still small voice wasn't speaking the whole time. It was when he got into that quiet place, which was a cave for him, that he heard the still small voice. Look at this. And when he heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, something that a prophet would do, and went out, stood at the entrance of the cave, and behold, this is so cool, there came a voice to him. Here's that still small voice and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? See, he wouldn't have been able to hear that unless he found that quiet place. You follow me? And so I I believe it's the same for us. Sometimes we have so much going on around us and we're looking for, we're listening for the voice of God in this situation, but there's so much going on that we have to, we have to, just go somewhere else into a space and do a quiet place where we can say, okay, God, everything I'm laying down, I'm putting down, I'm turning off. I need to hear your voice in this situation. I'm in a serious situation right now. I need to hear your voice. And I believe that the Spirit is always speaking to us. It wasn't until Elijah found his quiet place, think about this, until he found that quiet place, for him it was a cave, that he could hear the still, small voice they could actually start a conversation with God. Isn't that powerful? Not only that, Elijah couldn't hear the solution to his dilemma, to his issue, or to his circumstances until he quieted himself and all the things around him because, again, it was a still, small voice. I think this speaks a lot about God. There's, there's so much we can pull out of this. I was reading through this again this morning and, and I was reading the part about the earthquake and the fire and I went, okay, wait a minute. And it says that you weren't in that? Hmm. That says something about people who say, yeah, that earthquake happened from God. It was sent from him because of their sin. It gets you to question things. Oh, that tornado? Yeah, blasted through that town because there's a lot of sin going on in that town. If that's really true and that's how God works... Why does the earth exist anymore? Why is it specific places? I mean, New Orleans got it because, well, then why didn't Las Vegas? If we want to start picking and choosing places, right? But see, that's what we do. We start to pick and choose. And you ever notice this, that the people saying it, they were never in that catastrophe for that they must be okay. <laughs> right? They're always the okay ones. Wow, thank God I wasn't there and in sin because, you know, God would have... God doesn't do those things. He's a still small voice. The God in Jesus that I know was always seeking to not destroy, right? But to save, to bring life. It's another thing I saw this morning. But think about this in this example. God is not in the storms of life. He's not the cause of that. He's not in all the loud and desperate circumstances. He is the still small voice. That's who God is in those circumstances. I love the Apostle John so much. He seemed to have this connection uh, with Jesus uh, more than the other disciples and really understood the love of God. But he goes on to talk about Jesus as the great shepherd in John chapter 10. And he talks about how there's these, the, the religion of the day and stuff are trying to you know, crawl over the gate and the walls and to steal sheep. 
But he makes this, this, uh, this symbol, this symbolistic idea in John when he writes about this story that Jesus actually says this, that my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So if it's a loud, clanging, angry, desperate voice, I would question, is that really Jesus? Is that really God? Or is it a still small voice that's full of grace and love and encouragement? And even when you're being admonished or disciplined, it's not to punish you for your past, but it's to bring training for your future. It's a loving voice that cares for you. That's the voice that we need to hear. Amen? So the question comes, what voices are you listening to in your life? Voices other than the Spirit. Voices that aren't part of the solution that won't bring peace. So a quiet place is important because it's a space where we become open to the voice of Holy Spirit. Number two, make changes according to Holy Spirit's direction. See, first we have to find that quiet place so we can hear the voice of God, the voice of Spirit. But once we do, then we can begin to implement what he's speaking to us, what he's saying to us. It takes faith, doesn't it? It takes trust as we listen to the voice of the Spirit. And we make these changes in our life to move ourselves in a different direction. Or we can even say this, out of a rut in our life. Anyone heard of the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. And then you're wondering why. Why hasn't something changed? Because we're in a rut. We're not doing things different. We need to do something different. And for some of us, it's just finding that quiet space, that quiet place, because you haven't in a long time. So maybe today you're being reminded, wow, that is important. It's not some religious duty. It's something very important for my sanity. It's something very important for me to hear the voice of God is to find a place, wherever that may be, where I can be quiet and I can listen. You know, I remember Years ago when I would, you know, I'd hear a Sunday message and with great intentions, I'm like inspired. I'm, I'm going to read the Bible 15 minutes a day. I'm going to pray for you. You've been there, right? 15 minutes a day. I'm going to do this thing. But then I realized sometimes that when I was praying, I would just be talking the whole time. And one time I felt like Holy Spirit was saying, hey, hey, hold up for a second. Hold up. I'm like, Wait, I'm praying here. Don't interrupt me, Holy Spirit. When I'm praying and he brought me this vision of when I was talking to a friend or my wife or someone else. Do you just talk and talk and talk? No, don't ask my wife. I probably do talk and talk and talk. She's like, let me have a word. But in a conversation, what happens? It's two ways. One person says something. The other person responds. They might add some things to it. Someone else adds to it. And I found that my prayer life had become me talking the whole time. In Jesus' name, amen, I'm walking away. <laughs> and so it was the weirdest thing for me. But I began to, in those times, that now again, I'm not trying to make this religious because it shouldn't be. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. It literally means all the time. How do you do that? You just have a conversation all day long. It's open, right? 
I pray without ceasing with my wife. That means I have conversation. It's open all day long. Now, sometimes I might be away. It may be a call. It might be a text. I might be there. We might, we might talk deep on something or issue with the kids or something in life. Sometimes we just laugh and joke because I'm such a funny guy. I make her laugh all the time. Thanks for laughing at my jokes. But you know, it's these different levels of communication. But there's never one time. Could you imagine if I came in? I said, okay, sick. you know what? My wife is priority. I'm making her a priority in my life. So 6 a.m. every day, I'm giving her 15 minutes. <laughs> but we do that with God, and it sounds holy and like I'm really trying. But the thing is, it's not just about that. It's about an all-day thing. So I go, and I'm like, hey, babe, this is what's going on with the kids and this and that, and I, I need this, and I want that at the store. In Jesus' name, amen, and I walk away. Do you think she'd feel like we're in a relationship? No. And so prayer became different for me. It was this time where I would like to get away, be quiet, but sometimes I'd say, hey God, you're awesome. It's, it's just so great to be here. I just want to be quiet for a minute. Sometimes I just have worship on in the background. Uh, I found a couple of CDs of worship that were no, no lyrics. You know, it was just like, just beautiful. For me, I love music. Imagine that, right? And so I would find these times and it was awesome. I, I could just sit there for five or 10 or 15 minutes and it was like God was just ministering to me, just encouraging me, telling me who I was, showing me. Now, you know, some people, you know, how do you hear the voice of God? Well, I think all of us, we're, we're, we tick differently. We're created differently. For some people, maybe it's like uh, mental pictures, you know, you see. Maybe others, you, you hear a voice, not audible, but you hear a voice within. I believe God works within whoever we are. But for me, it was just, I would sense God's with me and he's here. And he's loving me. And so sometimes I would just chuckle because it just seemed like this is kind of weird if someone saw this happening right now, right? <laughs> but maybe just something was, I felt something that made me laugh or I, I felt something that made me cry or I just felt like this, this love that was so strong, it just moved me. But we need those moments. What did Jesus say? He said, come to me. If you're weary and heavy laden, if you're burdened, I'll give you rest for your soul. And it's in those times that we, we find that rest. And sometimes maybe even words aren't spoken. It's spirit just bringing healing to your life. Is this making sense? I'm being a little open and vulnerable right now. You, you good with that? Uh, th this is just how that experience is with, with God. But see, sometimes I don't find time for it like I should. I get so caught up in deadlines and things that have to happen and different facets of ministry and businesses that I have. And so I'm back and forth and family and finding this and finding that. And it's like, if I don't find that time, what happens is my family starts to see a different side of me. One that they don't like so much. And it's not them. It's me forgetting who I am because I haven't reconnected like I should. Is this making sense? And so it's not about being religious enough. So God to be like, you know what? I'll give you some healing. You said enough scripture verses in a row over and over again for the last week. You spent 15 minutes with me, so I'll love you a little more. Come on. Seriously? It's just time spent. It's being in his presence. It's finding that quiet place. And so for many of us, we need to do that. There's a story in the Old Covenant a story about Moses. How many are familiar with Moses? And so he leads the children of Israel out of Egypt under this bondage and this slavery. And so they're wandering around in the desert, 
But how many remember the story where they were needing food and they came out one morning and they, they were, in Hebrew they were saying, manna, manna. It wasn't like, man, I had this joke. I, I asked my, uh, my son the other day, my wife had made a, a dessert, baked it, and I said, hey, do you know what the Israelites' favorite dessert was? And they're like, what? I'm like, banana bread. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And, and Aiden's real good about going, dad jokes, yep. And not laughing, but inside he is. I know he is. But they walk out in Hebrew, they literally said manna, which means what is it? What is it? Well, it was bread. It was something for them to eat. But what's interesting is God instructed them. He says, now what I want you to do is each morning I want you to come out. I want you to gather just enough for your family for that day. Did you hear that? The key. Just enough for your family for that day. Don't gather any more. Don't gather any less. Well, God, what are we going to do? Oh, I'll provide for you the next day, your portion. And then you can come out and gather just enough for you and your family. The bread wasn't meant to be stored. God's provision was intended to be fresh daily and their dependence renewed every single day. See, it's the same with us, I believe. God will give you a fresh, we call it rhema word, for now, for you, right? Those fresh rhema words. I think a lot of times we discover and hear these rhema words, these fresh words, and we have that quiet time when we find that quiet place. And I do believe that if you can find time to build a discipline and practice around having some time, this is where you receive a rhema daily word every single day. Isn't that awesome? I mean, if you think about it, the God of the universe wants to communicate to you all day long, every single day, and give you something fresh constantly. That's pretty cool. So you don't have to just come Sunday and worship, and it feels great and it's good, and then you, by Friday you're dragging, and by Saturday you're barely making it in, and hopefully I can get to church because I need another taste. I need another, I need another something from the Lord, a word from the Lord. You don't need church service to get a word from the Lord. He's speaking all the time. She's speaking all the time, right? Spirit, not male or female. Speaking all the time to us, but are we listening? Are we finding that quiet place that we need because when we get into these ruts in life, you know, ruts develop from going over the same path again and again and again and again. And sometimes maybe you get so tired of it that you say, I need to find a new way and a new path. And God, I know that you have the answer in this situation. So that's why I'm encouraging us to find that quiet place. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, one through two, he says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. I love this translation because it kind of can relate, right? We could add in taking kids to the sports and to school and your job and all these things and cooking, all these things. He says, take all this and place it before God as an offering. See, to me, that quiet place is literally saying, God, I'm going to take all this. I'm going to set it on the altar. Now, I know this is old covenant ideas, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. But set that on the altar so I can have this time with you because sometimes I let this take over everything in my life. It just consumes my mind and I don't have time to even hear that still small voice. What's he say? He says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture That's what we do sometimes, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down 
to its level of immaturity, God does what? He brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you, say in me. So I want to leave you with this today. Practice finding a quiet place. And I, I use the word practice on purpose because it is a practice. I mean, sometimes you have to do things over and over before it becomes a habit. But I don't want you in any way to think, okay, I've got to be careful. Is this a religious thing? Are you demanding this? No, no, no. But I'm saying this is essential for your life. A quiet place is essential. So practice finding a quiet place. Let this be a space where you begin to be open to hear the voice of the Spirit concerning the situations and the circumstances and the issues that you're going through. And last but certainly not least, make the changes necessary as you hear the voice of Spirit to bring you out of those situations in life, out of those circumstances, to maybe learn from what you're going through and learn to make better decisions in the future. Because how many know sometimes we make decisions that put us in bad places? And so, you know, God as a parent wants to help us to see, to learn, and to move on, to train us for our future. Does that make sense? And so it's important to have these quiet spaces and these quiet places in order to do this. So what can you do today or even this week, to take a different path based on what Spirit has told you. But again, you can't do it unless you hear that still, small voice. I want to wrap up with this final uh, psalm, Psalm 4610. It says, be still, be still. I know that's hard, right? And know that I am God. Know that I am your source. Know that I am your life. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Say this with me. I need a quiet place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for really this opportunity and the freedom to get together on a Sunday morning and to just talk about you and talk about ourselves and look in the scripture and be inspired by your word. I pray this morning for every person here and every person that will even hear this in the future. Maybe they're in a situation where they don't know what the answer is. They don't know where to go. They don't know which way's up, which way's down. They're not sure on a certain decision in life that they would purpose in their heart that today I'm gonna start a new practice. If it's something you haven't done in a while or you've never done before, a new practice, and that's finding that quiet place, finding that quiet time. And maybe starting out with some initial words, but learning how to just be quiet. Take some deep breaths and let them out. Turn everything off in purpose that we're going to hear the voice of Spirit. Especially in those situations. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your grace and goodness. I know that you love me. And today, I want to start something new. And if you mean this, just, just pray this with me. I want to start something new. I want to find that quiet place. Jesus, I'm open to receive from you. Holy Spirit, I desire to hear your voice in every situation. 
And I purpose in my heart to find those quiet times and create that atmosphere and those opportunities to hear your voice. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.